is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. It was November 21st, 1620. Forty-three pilgrims were about to set foot on American soil for the very first time, and they were concerned that the nature and purpose of their endeavor which had been taken at great risk, as you know, had already cost many pilgrims their lives. So they penned a short document to memorialize their intentions. That document is known as the Mayflower Compact. And it says this in part, Having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith and the honor of our king and country, a voyage to plant the first colony in the northern parts of Virginia, do by these presents solemnly and mutually, in the presence of God and one another, covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic. A civil body politic for our better ordering and preservation and furtherance of the ends aforesaid. A civil body politic. Well, if our government is we the people the first three words of our preamble to the Constitution, and reason dictates that without we the people, we have no government. Therefore, government in America requires, guess what? You and me. We're all part of what is called the civil body politic, and we can't escape it. That's what it's meant by self-government. So American government is not a they, it's a we. In a sense, government for us is non-negotiable. It's a non-delegable duty because we elect representatives, yes. But when we elect representatives, we elect people like ourselves, who we collectively believe represent who we are, what we believe, and our goals and aspirations. For that reason, it is said, we get the government we deserve. Now, that's hard for us to accept. That's hard for us to believe, but it is true. We get the government we deserve. So, here's the deal. If I'm an American, and I'm involved in politics because I am part of the civil body politic in a self-governing nation, it's because of the Mayflower Compact. If I am not involved in politics, in some sense, I'm not part of the civil body politic. And I must question whether I am even an American. Politics is, therefore, the means whereby we work out our relationships with one another in covenant commitment. It doesn't mean that I have to run for office. It means that in some way, you and I, we are all necessarily politicians because we all must work on our relationships with one another under the umbrella of our covenant. Here it is, for better ordering and preservation and furtherance of the ends for which the nation was established. And we all know we had a goodly and godly heritage. Our problem is that for many years now, we've revered, we've reveled in the heritage, the godly heritage, but not so much in the God of that heritage. So what does that have to do with politics today? Well, our special guest is joining us here today. She's never been on this program before, Bunny Pounds. She's written a book called Jesus in Politics. She was up to her eyeballs in politics, as was I at one time. And she's coming to us to talk about her journey 
with the mudslinging profession, politics. Bunny, it's good to have you on the program. Oh, it's great to be with you, Chuck. Uh, I just love talking about America and Jesus, so let's do it. <laughs> well, that's what we do. I do that every day here. Uh, you have been involved in the mudslinging profession there of politics for many, many moons, and uh, I got started that way in 1975. Uh, the Lord spoke to my heart uh, as a school teacher, and uh, he said, son, I just want you to run for public office. I'd never done it before, ever, never even thought about it. And so I ran down to register. I was there one day before they closed up the registrations for running for the uh, state assembly in California, and uh, thank the Lord I lost. I ran a, no, I didn't run a race. I walked 500 miles door-to-door during that uh, campaign, lost, and two years later did it again. Three years devoted to politics, and then the Lord said, okay, now you've had that experience, and I have another job for you. So that's what we're doing here on the air after almost 30 years. And, Bunny, you're joining us here to talk about your experience in the political media, what caused you, in fact, to get into it at all? Well, first of all, Chuck, everybody in America should have the experience you and I have had because it teaches you a whole nother level of patience and <laughs> and longevity. And, and forgiveness. And forgiveness <laughs> and so many things. Um, you know, I, I, say, I open up the book by saying you haven't lived till you've had a million dollars spent against you and your family. It's, it's a whole nother level of suffering that most Americans don't understand. But anyway, I digress. I got involved uh, 20 years ago as a homeschooling mom. I uh, actually... Uh, By the way, congratulations on your homeschooling. We homeschooled our three daughters starting back when homeschooling was a dangerous thing. Exactly. Well, there was a church in Fort Worth that opened their doors to teach all of us how to get involved with the political process. And, ah. And I was, um, I thought I was going to be a missionary to Latin America. I went to a Bible school in Dallas called Christ for the Nations that taught us to be world changers. And I ended up marrying my best friend. And I'm. Congratulations. Yeah. Having little babies and uh, running a pest control company going, God, what am I doing in America? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Politics and a pest control company. That sounds like they go together. Uh, you think, you know, our, <laughs> our former uh, majority leader, Tom DeLay, was also in pest control. Oh, so really? He, he, he thought it went together. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm looking for my purpose in America going, God, what am I doing here? And uh, a church opened their door and said, we're going to teach you how to go to your precinct meeting and make a difference um, and pass resolutions to improve the, the platform of a particular political party. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool, you know, that people actually weigh in to what the platforms say. And so I did that. I went to that church seminar, and they uh, taught us how to go to our precinct meetings. So after the primary, which is happening around the country right now, there are these precinct conventions, and I showed up at my precinct convention. Nobody else showed up. Mm. So I I voted myself in um, as a delegate to the Senate convention and the state convention. And I voted in my resolution I wanted, and <laughs> I thought I was. Well, that sounds kind of self-serving, Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> well, it showed me number one that there are not enough people involved in the process. Uh-huh. Number two, 
when I went down to the state convention and testified in front of the platform committee on a homeschool issue, I was like, man, I can really move the needle because very few people participate in these processes, so I can really shift things. And Hmm. that's what I saw really fast, and that led to me, Chuck, going and finishing my bachelor's uh, at night at Mm -hmm. Dallas Baptist University, getting my political science degree, and then going to work for a member of Congress for 10 years as his campaign manager and then starting one of the largest consulting firms in Texas. All right. Well, that is a great uh, segue into this first break. And uh, today we're talking with Bunny Pounds. You're going to want to hear her story, friends. In fact, you're going to want to read about her story in her book, Jesus and Politics. $18 will put this $20 book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Always good to join you here on Viewpoint as we confront the deepest issues of America's heart and home from God's eternal perspective. How does God call a people? How does he call an individual? How is it that some people seem to be called to go into the realm of politics? Others go in for a short period of time and come out. But what's it all about anyway? Why politics? Well, politics has a dirty name. But the reality is it comes from the root polity, which has to do with getting along with one another. That's what it's about. Politics is the art, so-called, or the science of getting along with one another. And it uh, goes all the way back to the Mayflower Compact here in America, where it talks about our civil body politic. Now, you heard the introduction to this program, which came directly from my book, Renewing the Soul of America, the top chapter title, A Civil Body Politic. So, uh, you'll find that book right there on the website, saveus.org, saveus.org, endorsed by 38 national Christian leaders across the country. And it's not about politics, believe it or not. It's about, well, it is. It's about living the life that our guest today says has to be the root of politics, and that is Jesus. How to live out our lives in such a way that that we can renew the soul of America. Hmm. Now, there's a novel idea, isn't it? Well, Jesus and Politics, that's Bunny Pound's book. And, uh, Bunny, you indicated that uh, you were were just at the point where you were transitioning into the founding of your very interesting, unique, and seemingly quite powerful uh, organization to help other people get into politics. Tell yeah, us about after, it. Yeah, Chuck, after 16 years of political consulting, working for members of Congress, um, many times I didn't feel significant. But, you know, what I learned is that God can use simple conversations, simple prayers, simple scriptures to encourage people and disciple people. And for me, my story is, one politician at a time, one elected official at a time. Uh-huh. And so I was very happy just 
being in the lives, being their life coaches, helping them with their campaigns, helping them um, resource their campaigns. Life was good. Uh, but then all of a sudden I ran for Congress, and that, I never saw that coming. Ouch. My boss had, I know, my well, boss Well, I had, escaped it. <laughs> <laughs> Just before we formed Save America Ministries, I was approached concerning the absence of our congressman, Carlos Moorhead, a Christian who was retiring after many years, and people came to me and said, Chuck, now it's your turn. I had a choice to either do that, but God said no. I want you to do yeah. something else. So that's what we're doing here today, and I'm facilitating your uh, history and your mission here uh, for the best interests of our country, and that's what we're all about. So tell us well, about what happened when you ran. Yeah, so I ran in 2018. Um, my my former boss, Congressman Jeb Henserling, was stepping down as financial services chairman, and we couldn't find a candidate. And I had a very short list of people that I thought would qualify, and at the end of the day, I showed up at his doorstep and said, I'm running for your seat. It was out of nowhere, Chuck. When I tell you I've never wanted to run for anything in my life, uh-huh. I'm telling you I never wanted to run for anything. I can it relate, was- and you never wanted to run for anything after that, right? No, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I share the story of the campaign in the book just because I want people to understand some of the nuances sure. of campaigns. Mm-hmm. You think... Sometimes it's just who has the most money or who has the most endorsements. I had the most money. I had the most endorsements, but I still lost because of a couple of things. And I only lost by a small margin. But sometimes things don't come out the way you think. And I really felt, Chuck, as many people in this you know, country feel, I'm supposed to do this, right? And I didn't right. get into fail. I got into win. Sure. So it was a real... It was a real slap in the face when I didn't turn out successful. Well, some people might say, buddy, you didn't hear from God. Uh, You (laughs) heard from your own echoes in your head, but you didn't hear from God. I don't think that's necessarily true, and I don't think it was true. In fact, my wife doesn't think it's true either. Uh, When I began to run in 1975 and then again in 1977 uh, there in California, the state legislature, and uh, actually, we look back and we see, no, that was exactly God's plan, not for me to win, but for the process of running and what it meant to lay a further foundation to be able to do what I do today. Exactly. And and I didn't see it at first. I felt like a complete failure. I was the mm-hmm. only person in the country in 2018 primary season that was endorsed by the Vice President of the United States, Mike Pence. So I had all this. Uh, pressure that I had absolutely failed, failed the call of God in my life, failed mm. uh, the vice president, failed Senator Ted Cruz, failed everybody that put their name on me. And it was hard to get over. I mean, I share in the book how um, my opponent had floated, his consultants had floated all of his invoices from the, the runoff. So mm. I outraised him by $300,000. And his consultants floated him to victory, meaning every mail, every piece of mail, every radio ad, every TV ad was never paid for. And the injustice of that in my own soul, how that impacted me, though it was completely legal, um, was deeply impacting. And I, a year later, had to do something drastic to overcome that. And so I asked him if I could help pay off the final $50,000 of his debt from our runoff and I took off time from work and spent 
about two or three weeks raising that money, and we had a big party and celebrated him and threw down our offenses, bitterness, and unforgiveness. Wow. And walked out of that um, really, really in a new place. It really, I don't believe that if I, if I hadn't done that, Chuck, I don't think Christians Engaged, the ministry I started after that uh-huh. season, would be where it is today if I hadn't obeyed the Lord in that place. Yeah, well, you know, uh, there are interesting choices that we have to make. And as Christians, God is calling us to be followers of Christ. In other words, we don't do things the way everybody else does. People noticed that when I was campaigning. People that were ungodly actually came to me and said, we really believe in what you have done and how you've done it without any money. And we want to support you to run again. So I, I did. Uh, the, here's the here's the problem with that. You were running against many other candidates there in your primary, weren't you? Correct. So was I. There were seven of us. And uh, the one who won actually lost his entire family, his marriage and his entire family. That's horrible. It is horrible. And the cost of uh, doing some of these things can be very exacting and uh, troubling, can it? It is. It's really difficult. People don't understand the toil it takes on their families. I actually dedicated the book to my husband because he went through a lot that people didn't see. I'm sure um, he did. <laughs> you know, you, especially when your wife is on television ads and radio ads getting blasted, you know, as a good American husband, you want to do anything you can to defend your wife. Um, so it was very difficult for him. But on the back end, Chuck, to, to your point that God calls us into things sometimes that we don't understand at the time. Uh-huh. I look back now knowing God was totally in that because I would have stayed in consulting I would have stayed behind the scenes with the members of Congress. I would have never stepped out and been the voice or carried the message myself uh-huh. if I hadn't gone through that season. But on the back end of that, I realized there was very few people that had the political background that I had, but also had the theology and ministry background I had, that mm-hmm. my husband and I had pastored house churches for 10 years. I had led worship for years. I'd written Bible studies that I'd self-published, done missions work, all this stuff, I really understood the body of Christ, but I also understood the government and political system. Uh So at the end of that, the Lord called me to go find the awakening church that he was waking up around this country and to build a system that would actually activate people to pray, vote, and engage regularly and to see the body of Christ rise up and, you know, save America, really, right. which is what you talk about every day. Absolutely. And, you know, people ask me, well, Chuck, what do you mean save America? And I said, well, here's the deal. America is not primarily a governmental institution. America is we the people. That's what our Constitution says. So when we talk about saving America, we're talking about saving the people. God right. save America means God save the people. And if we think about it that way, it helps us better to understand the Christian role and what our responsibility is in the broader scope of our civil body politic. And I think that's what uh, your particular group, Christians Engaged, is really about. Tell us a little bit more about it. 
Yeah, well, on the back end of this race, um, I really wanted to create a ministry that would mobilize Christians. So we built, first of all, a get-out-the-vote system for the church uh-huh. that had never been built before from a nonpartisan Christian perspective. So people around the country can take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage, and they're going to get a video every Monday, a quick minute-and-a-half, two-minute video a scripture, we're praying for a specific thing, whether it's we're praying for our mayors that week, we're praying for our county judges, we're praying for our members of Congress, our Army and Navy, whatever we're praying for. Uh-huh. Uh, we want to give people a moment in time to stop and pray for America. Secondly, we're reminding them through four texts and four emails um, to never forget an election again. Super Tuesdays coming up, um, and we in Texas, where I'm from, we had early voting starting today. So everybody on our in our system got a text with a five-step Texas primary guide to print off their ballot and research the ballot. Uh-huh. And they also got an email. And every other state that had early voting starting today got that same thing. Wow. So we help Christians remind them, we're not telling them what political parties to vote for or what candidates to vote for, but we're giving them the tools, Chuck, that if they they spent 30 minutes going through our five-step guide, they will go in 95% more educated than anybody else to those polling places. Mm. Have you ever noticed that that there's when you go to polling places, there's these people outside the doors that are holding up these signs, yeah. 20 pounds for Congress, right. Chuck, Chuck for state representative or whatever? Mm-hmm. Well, why, why are those people even there? They're there because there are actually people going into the polls that don't know who they're going to vote for until they get in there. That makes me crazy. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. unbelievable. So we want to help you, dear Christian, not be that person. We want you to research your ballot. We can teach you how to do that. And then lastly, Chuck, we help Christians engage. We have on-demand video curriculum with amazing classes. We've spent over $150,000 now on video production. Wow. Teaching Christians, civics, and biblical worldview topics. And we have the who's who of the Christian movement on these products. They're amazing. Wow. Well, it sounds to me like uh, you are fulfilling a unique calling. Uh, you're not the one running for office, but you're the one that's assisting because of the vast experiences that you have had uh, in order to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, not everybody that's way out front is the most important person because those people can't do anything without you, and you can't do anything without your husband, and neither one of you can do anything without the Lord, right? Correct. It hit me, Chuck, um, five years after my race. We were leading 50 people to Washington, D.C. last summer. Mm-hmm. We take a group of Americans, anybody who wants to go to D.C. with us, on a pray, vote, engage tour. And we had just ministered to 10 members of Congress. We'd heard their faith stories. We'd prayed over them. We actually had a member of Congress uh, wanting to try to figure out how they could get with our group for prayer. That's how desperate they were. Wow. And we were in the Senate building. We had just heard from Senator Ted Budd of North Carolina and prayed over him. And we were waiting for Senator Ted Cruz from Texas to come. And I was sharing my story with the participants and it hit me when I was running for Congress in 2018. 
Vice President Mike Pence had grabbed my hand and said, Bunny, Tim, uh, Karen and I are going to be praying for you every day. We need your light in D.C. And frankly, Chuck, I took that as a moment like, I am going to be in D.C. My life's going to be in D.C. And I hung on to that. And when I lost... Wait a minute. D.C., is that the District of Corruption? (laughs) Washington, D.C. As I say in Chapter 1 of my book, the darkest place on the planet. (laughs) Yeah, I underlined that in your book. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So anyway, I'm sharing my story, and I'm sharing that moment with Vice President Pence in the Senate building, and it hit me. My light is in D.C. I'm here with these 50 people, and we've just spent three days ministering to members of Congress. All right, so you're letting your light shine that people may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven, Jesus, and politics. That's the title of the book, friends. $18 is going to put this inspiring book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, saveus.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, saveus.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at saveus.org. You and I, friends, are part of the civil body politic, whether we realize it or not. There is a very real sense in which we are all politicians. No, we're not uh, professional politicians, and we haven't necessarily dedicated the rest of our life to uh, elected office or any other role in that regard. But because as a Christian and as the founding of our country, it was based upon Christians engaged together for their common governance, getting along, working together as a civil body politic. And so that's how it all began. And uh, our government was made for a moral and Christian people. It's wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And that's why what Bunny Pounds is doing is so critically important. In her book, Jesus in Politics, it's a powerful story about her life and uh, all the people that she's been involved with. By the way, Bunny, I was uh, just taking a little interest tour uh, through those who have endorsed your book and uh, others that you gave credit to. And of those that you had named, 13 of them have been at this program over the years. That's amazing, Chuck. That says a lot about who you are. Well, (laughs) I don't know what it says. Yes, but it, it it is interesting, and what I found even more interesting is a fellow by the name of David Halverson was part of the publication of my very first of 11 books called Preserve Us a Nation. Wow, well, the story I told about the little uh, Fort Worth church, that uh-huh. was Pastor David and Jim Borchard's church in Fort Worth. Well, if it's the same David Halverson, uh, you know, I uh, 
I, I suspect that it probably is. And uh, how that book came about was quite amazing in itself. We don't have time to go into that story. But, uh, you know, it's interesting how God works in and through our lives and links us together uh, for his common purpose. And when I lost the election in uh, 1978, my second uh, tour of duty there for the state legislature in California, for 15 years I practiced law until the Lord spoke to my heart in 1992 saying, Son, you've been pleading the cause of America long enough now. I want you to plead my cause in the land as a voice to the church, declaring vision for the nation, America's greatest crisis hour. So at that time, we formed Save America Ministries, rebuilding the foundations of faith and freedom as a voice to the church, declaring vision for the nation, launched this radio program that's been on the air almost 29 years now. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. We, We have a lot of parallel tracks here. They're not exactly congruent, but they're parallel tracks that shows how God can move in individual minds and hearts to accomplish his purposes and his glory in such difficult times as what we live. How has that worked out for you now, uh, vis-a-vis your husband, for instance? What's his name? Tim. Tim, he's awesome. We've been married 28 years, and we have uh, two adult ch- sons and two amazing daughter-in-laws. And- uh-huh. Two, gra- two grandbabies. I'm not that old, Chuck. But no, you know, well, you, have you guys have really gotten it on, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll say this. When you were sharing, that really blessed me because when I when my race was over for Congress, I had messed up my vocal cords. Uh, I'd spoken so much. Oh, my. Money, you know. And my doctor said, you've got these huge nodules on your vocal cords. You need to take a silent bath. Mm-mm-mm. Well. Have you ever tried to not talk, Chuck? That's like near impossible for me. Well, you know, for a lawyer and then a pastor and then a broadcaster, put those three together and try to figure that one out. Yeah, so (laughs) I had to take these five days and not talk, and I was texting my husband, you know. And, and I, you know, you're probably like me. You have, like, a pile of books that you have bought but you haven't read yet. And I grabbed this book off my pile in my living room. It's called The Evangelicals. Uh, the role of Christians uh, to impact America. And it was by a, a historian named Frances Fitzgerald. And I've interviewed Frances since that point, and uh-huh. she will not tell me if she's a Christian or not. Uh-huh. But anyway, this whole book, it was like 700-something pages. Wow. Um, reading it from the first Great Awakening and the beginning of America through the Trump presidency, really just hit me, and this cry came out of me, God, where is the next Christian coalition? What? Where is the mobilization of Christians? But it's, it's got to look different for the next generation. It can't be the same. It can't, and let different. me tell you a story. Yes, About please. the Christian coalition. Uh, of course, the original founder of the Christian coalition, Pat Robertson, with uh, his cohort, that led it, who is now in Texas and been there for many years, uh, was replaced. Replaced by two guys, uh, Randy Tate and Don Hodell. Mm -hmm. And uh, they replaced him, and they made a comment. It went into print, and here's what they said. We could, if we should fill 
all of the elective offices in America with professing Christians, America will still not change. America will only change, they said, if the hearts of the people change. Right. And for that, right. for that, they were summarily dismissed for their leadership of the Christian coalition. Why? Because that statement wouldn't raise money. I well, want you to think about the import of that. It wouldn't raise money because it was focused on people that were being relied upon to fund the Christian coalition and saying, hey, your lives have to change. And that's what we've been unwilling to do. That is such an important point, Chuck, and that's where things have to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, I read I read a book by Joel Vaughn, who's now the chief of staff at Focus on the Family, called The Rise and the Fall of the Christian Coalition. And it was so deeply impactful because it really confirmed to me a lot of the things we're doing with Christians Engaged and doing it right uh-huh. uh, and not doing it similar to the things they were doing with the Christian Coalition. But the point of that is to say God is is speaking to people and helping us with strategies of how to engage Christians, not just for voting, not just for civic engagement, not just for politics, but really with the gospel. How do we get people out to disciple the nation? Uh How do we disciple the nation? How do we teach the nation? How do we love our neighbors? Um, It goes way beyond politics, but I I have to say... I'm so glad to hear you say this. Yes, if we don't care about our neighborhoods, if we don't care about our city, our county, our state, and our nation, we have a problem. So we want to love our country. We want to be passionate about our country. But politics in and of itself is not going to save America. No way. The gospel of Jesus Christ is going to save the country. That's right. Like you just said. Um, But So I read this book, and I'm praying, and God is giving me like 20 pages of notes about prayer, voting, and engagement, and it later became a ministry that we founded four years ago called Christians Engaged. Uh-huh. And last week, Chuck, I'm at, on the 700 Club, and and um, Michelle Bachman shows up to watch me on the 700 Club. And uh-huh. we were in the green room talking. Um, many of your listeners probably know Michelle Bachman ran for right. president. She used to be a member of Congress. She's now the dean of yeah, dear lady. government. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dean of government at Regent University, founded by Pat Robertson. Right. And we're in the green room, and she starts praying for me, and she prays for the the power and the fire of God that came upon Pat Robertson to fall upon me to mobilize Christian voters for America for the next generation. Hmm. Four years after I started this ministry, and I'm like, what is God doing? But this is what the Lord is doing, Chuck, is he is speaking to all of us mm-hmm. individually. Find your place. Find your burden. Find your place on the wall, like Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah, can you imagine him leaving the Persian king and going back to Jerusalem and repairing the wall of Jerusalem in 52 days? Yeah. 52 days. That was before cell phones before text messages or Facebook to say, hey, guys, I'm coming to Jerusalem. He well, is there. Well, they had to carry was, a trowel in one hand and a sword in the other. Yes, and he taught <laughs> people. I, I, 
do the whole Bible study on the book of Nehemiah that we have on our, uh, through Christians Engage, the whole 16 video series. But it's such an amazing story of leadership because he got the, the people to stop focusing on all of the wall, all of the problems, uh-huh. to focus on their section of the wall, their families and their community section. Exactly. And, and I want to just say people, to people right now, Chuck, that people are, we're so focused on presidential elections. Mm-hmm. We're so focused on every bad problem that's happening in the country. But what is happening in your section of the wall? What's happening in your community, in your city? In your at home. The school board level. In, in your, your home. home. Hello. Yeah, in that, your home, your marriage. Let's start there. <laughs> yes. And believe me, there's a lot of work we need in the church. You on think? That point. <laughs> let's spend some time on that. Yeah, um, we could spend a whole hour on that, couldn't we? We could. Yeah. There, you know, so many times we focus on this. The, all the issues, and we're not focusing on what God's calling us to do. And Thank you very doing. much. Exactly. And uh, God has a place, a plan, a place, and a purpose for every single one of us. And we need to, as the song that we used to sing when I was a kid, brighten the corner where we are. Yes. Brighten the corner where we are. As, uh, who was it? It was uh, the governor of the Plymouth Colony. Bradford, who said, as one, uh, as the light in here uh, has been like a single candle, so the light kindled here shall shine unto many, even unto the whole world, or the whole nation. And uh, that's exactly the vision that they had, that their small place would become a major impact with God at the helm. Yes. Yeah. That's so good, Chuck, and and I just want to remind people that we are the hands and feet of Jesus. We are the salt and the light. Uh, one of my dear friends who's on our advisory board, Rafael Cruz, he's Senator Cruz's father, mm. says the biggest cop-out in America right now is that God is in control. God is in control, when actually he has limited his sovereignty to you and I to make sure that we are being the hands and feet of Oh, Wow. We could talk about that for another hour. We'll be right back with Buddy Pounds after this, friends, Jesus and politics. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for a greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by His Spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, Behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church. Actually, as I said before, friends, we should probably convert the word Sell Church to House Church these days. Because God is calling his church home. 
because home is where the heart is, or should be anyway. Our special guest today, Bunny Pounds, with her book, Jesus in Politics, One Woman's Walk with God in a Mud-Slinging Profession. And uh, I want to make it available to you. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255, and $5 for postage and handling. And uh, the book is $18. It's a $20 book. Here's for $18. And I hope you'll avail yourself of it because it's going to be inspiring to you. We need all the inspiration that we can get. And, uh, Bunny, I'm just going to backtrack here for just a moment. You remember I talked to you about uh, Halverson. And uh, he was working with a brand-new publisher at that time. Uh, This was... uh, in the late 1990s, no, 1993. And uh, he, of course, reviewed my manuscript. It was called uh, Preserve Us a Nation, taken from our national anthem. And uh, then 10 years later, that book was doubled in size, brought up data and doubled in size to be called Renewing the Soul of America, one person at a time, beginning with you endorsed by 38 national Christian leaders at that time. And uh, the interesting thing is it was served on every member of Congress, every member of the United States Senate, the president and his uh, cabinet. And, of course, here in Virginia, it was also served on the legislature here. That's a lot of books being served on these people. And the interesting thing is that very few of them really got the message. Really got the message. That it's all about the individual person. How can we talk about saving America if we can't live a virtuous life ourselves? How can we talk about saving America if we aren't living an honorable life ourselves? How can we talk about Semper Fi being faithful if we're not living faithfully ourselves? How can we talk about being a people of courage if we're not living a life of courage ourselves? So it seems to me, Bunny, that there's been a lot lost in the translation of our American politics, even in the name of Christ, over the past, uh, I'd say, since... Uh, 1975, just before our nation's bicentennial. An awful lot of focus on political salvation and relatively little focus on the revolution of Christ in our individual lives. What say you? I 100% agree. And the, and the reality is, Chuck, it goes back to what your little commercial was for cell churches. Um, we have gone so far away from first-century Christianity, we, we don't even know what that looks like. Um, <laughs> but we're about you know, to find out because of the increasing persecution, aren't we? We are. I, and I actually jokingly say this book, Jesus and Politics, is an intimacy with Jesus manual, not necessarily a political book. I like that. Um, mm-hmm. Because if we don't start walking with God, if we don't go back to the place of prayer 
understanding we need Jesus. <laughs> There's two things we've abandoned in the modern American church. It's that we think we can live without him, without his presence, with, and then we think we can live without his word. How can we survive one day without his precious words yeah. spoken into our life? But that's what we do. We live on 20-minute 20, 20 uh, program messages on a Sunday morning. We expect our pastors to feed us for the week. And then we starve the rest of the week, and we think we're going to be leaders and successful. Especially, that's a, that's especially a problematic thing if we're being fed pablum on Sunday mornings. Yeah, exactly. So we've got a major problem. We were when we were in Washington last summer. One of the members of Congress that spoke to us was a woman named Kathy McMorris Rogers. She's from the state of uh, Washington, uh-huh. and Kathy is the energy uh, committee woman for the energy committee. So she's in a very powerful position. She's been there 20 years, and she said something that floored me. She said, prayer has become the absolute most important thing for my life. Because I know that if I pray, if I spend time with God for an hour, my time actually gets multiplied that day. Mm. And and the one of my friends, who is the worship leader on our trip, she said, that woman is a friend of God. How does she know that her time actually gets multiplied if she doesn't understand the power of the kingdom? That's the difference. Yeah. And... She just announces her retirement last week, and she put in the last paragraph of her retirement announcement her desire to spend more time in prayer and talking to God. And I thought, that is the coolest thing. Here's a woman who's been at the pinnacle of influence, was conference chairman, fourth in leadership in the U.S. House, Mm. runs everything on energy in this country, uh, could do anything in her life, and she wants to spend more time seeking Jesus in the place of prayer, that's where we need to go back to as a nation. And if we do that, Chuck, watch out. Well, it reminds me of that song, I'll walk with God from this day on. His mighty hand I'll lean upon. I'll pray to him each day to him, and I'll do what he says. Yeah, that's where we need to be. And uh, so tell us, Bunny, a little bit more uh, about... uh, the engaging uh, Christians engaged that you're heading up and where people can find more about it other than in your book. Yeah, um, christiansengaged.org, Christians with an S, engaged with a D.org is our website. And we tell everybody, if you're awakening right now and you want to get engaged, take our pledge to pray, vote, and engage. You're going to get our prayers, our voting reminders, in our engagement material, I have a weekly show. It's called Conversations with Christians Engaged. We interview government officials, activists, ministry leaders all over the country mm-hmm. every week. And then um, we really want to encourage people to get into our on-ramp to civic engagement seminar. This is our on-demand curric- video curriculum. We have a member of Congress on there, a state representative our friends at First Liberty Institute, and our evangelism partners as well. We teach a Christian how to go from point A to point Z in engaging in politics, government, and walking beside their elected officials. And then we have some incredible classes. Um, Chuck also, an eight-hour Bible study on biblical justice, biblical economics. 
We have a 16-video course on the book of Nehemiah. Um, lots of other courses and amazing uh, resources for people to get into. But we want to, in essence, mentor a Christian that wants to start moving forward uh-huh. and help them find the call of God on their life as it relates to America. That's what we do every day. And though, so those who are listening to this program today, either if you're listening or maybe you know of someone, maybe it's a son or a daughter or a relative or a friend, uh, that you have this sense that they're, they are uh, sensing this kind of call on their life in some way. Here it is. Point them to uh, this particular ministry called Christians Engaged, and it's Christians Engaged dot what? Dot org. Dot org. O-R-G. Okay. Yeah. So it's a nonprofit, and uh, uh, the book here, Jesus in Politics: One Woman's Walk with God in a Mud Slinging Profession. Again. The book is uh, a $20 book, yours for $18 on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can call us at 1-800-SAVE-USA or write to us at one uh, at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Speaking of a mud-slinging profession, <laughs> My wife uh, got the early sense of this and felt terribly betrayed when we had announced for uh, the uh, assembly there in California. And uh, some people invited us over for dinner. And she thought, wow, this is pretty neat. Well, the reason they invited us over for dinner was not to help us in our effort, but to talk us out of it. Wow. And we came from that and thought, my goodness, my wife had, that was her initial, and that wasn't even mudslinging, but she felt betrayal. And uh, from that point on, she felt, my goodness, how are you going to endure this? <laughs> it, so, it is difficult, Chuck, yes, but we persevere. <laughs> yeah, we persevere. And exactly, that's what we're called to do. I want to take you back to you you talked about how uh, initially you and your husband were involved in uh, a number of house churches uh, tell us how that went how it started and uh, why you were involved in that yeah we started um a lot many years ago 15 years ago really out of our need in our own marriage um we were both entrepreneurs we were working a lot, Mm -hmm. and we realized that we had gone away from just simple Christianity. Wow. So we started opening up our home for the purpose of just eating with our friends, uh, having potluck, hanging out. So you you opened your home with holy hospitality? Yes. yes. So you didn't know we wrote the book, The Power of Hospitality, did you? I did not know that, no. Yeah, I'll bet you'd love it, too. I'm sure I would. So we started just doing food and then praying together, and then uh-huh. I was a worship leader, so I sit at the piano and just worship, and we would all just worship, and that's how it kind of started. And then all of a sudden, you know, when you do that, fellowship, worship, and prayer, mm-hmm. you, something God moves on your heart and your life, and all yeah. of a sudden, people had words, people were leading people to Jesus. People were bringing people that were new believers into our home, uh-huh. and uh, five years into that journey, it turned into a full house 
house uh, home church movement where we had three home churches around the Metroplex in Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh-huh. We ended up doing citywide conferences on prayer and worship called Set a Fire DFW and a lot of crazy things out of that uh, season. But, you know, the beauty, the most, my favorite thing about the whole season was we put about $55,000 in foreign missions every year out of those little house churches. Isn't that amazing? Because you didn't was, have to have build a building. Amen, brother. It was great. <laughs> and I've never been more alive as I was in that season. And I just really encourage people, you have to find real fellowship. You have to find yeah. real Christianity um, and Go back to the simplicity of meditation on the Word, worship, and prayer. Yeah, well, you didn't know Um, we've had a house church for 30 years, did you? No, but I am so excited to know that. That is amazing. (laughs) We're on the cutting edge. I told you, Bunny, there are a lot of crossing over in our lives. It was kind of fun to, uh, to read your book, and I'm so glad that you joined us here on the program today. Uh, let's suppose there's someone who, uh, has been toying with the idea of running for office. What do you say to them? Uh, we have built great classes to help you. Um, we have a great class called Salt and Light, How to Impact Your Local Communities. I actually teach people how to run a local campaign. Mm-hmm. We've seen two people win, win school board races and two people win city council races just off that curriculum alone. Mm. Um, go through our on-ramp to civic engagement seminar. Just check out our products. We're launching also a campaign school um, as well in the coming months. So just know there's a lot of things coming down the pipe to teach you how to engage and do it with uh, and love Jesus at the same time. So are you campaigning to uh, welcome the uh, King of Kings and the Lord of Lords soon? Ultimately, that is our goal, yes. <laughs> to see everybody come to faith in Jesus there you and welcome go. him back to earth. Bunny, thanks so much for joining us here on the program today. Uh, Lord bless you and your labors, your efforts, and your husband standing by you there. And uh, again, friends, get a copy of the book, uh, Jesus in Politics, One Woman's Guide, uh, Walk with God in a Mudslinging Profession, $18 on our website. Become a partner. Send your gifts, friends, by faith to Save American Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. You can do it right there on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org, saveus.org. We'll be right back tomorrow. God bless. Be blessed. You've been listening to Viewpoint with Chuck Grissmeyer. Viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our listeners. Let me urge you to become a partner with Chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation. Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.